0: Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick Van Bruggen from NeoTechnology, and here I am again uh, interviewing a lovely community member all the way from Gran Canaria in Spain, Alberto Perdomo from uh, uh, GrapheneDB. Alberto, so nice to have you on the call.
1: Hi Rick, and thanks for
0: having me. It's super great to have you here. I mean, you've been one of the prime and most visible uh, community members for Neo4j for as long as I can remember, because you've been doing uh, GrapheneDB, but I mean... Most people won't know you yet, so why don't you introduce yourself?
1: <laughs> so, yes, uh, my name is Alberto Perdomo, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of GrapheneDB. And GrapheneDB itself is uh, it's a mana, fully managed cloud hosting service for Neo4j. So it's basically a service that runs Neo4j for you on AWS, on Microsoft Azure, and so on.
0: Wow. Now, how long have you been doing this?
1: Uh, we started, um, in 2012. Uh, but, you know, early on, it was just proof of concept, prototypes and so on. And in 2013, we, um, we started with an early, uh, private beta and started inviting uh, users to try out the service. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, you know, um, it took us quite some time, but, uh, but the, at the end of uh, 2013, 2013, we started having our first um, paid customers, and 2014 we went uh, we went GA. So that means we went, you know, the service went publicly available.
0: That's quite a ride, huh? I've been using it yeah. myself, you know, in the sandbox. I I love it. I love it for you know demos and you know little things that I write about. So thank you for providing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great. Um, there's all sorts of use, and every time I meet someone you know i'm surprised by uh, by the use cases uh, some people use it for, just for prototyping you know throw away databases uh, like you for example, you use it for to prepare you some sample data sets uh, and other people use it for you know all sorts of things you know their hobby projects and all, all kinds of production deployments everything
0: um, I, I, so just out of interest you know how many how many instances are you running on a on a on a normal day?
1: Any uh, idea? Running on a normal day, I don't know. We have this thing where we actually stop um, databases, uh, sandbox databases, which are free and which are not in use. Uh, they are stopped after a while, uh, when they're idle. So I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know thousands probably. Um, we, and in term, in general terms, we are hosting in total more than ten thousand databases. But um, to be honest, that, I mean, that does account for a lot of uh, inactive databases. Yeah, yeah,
0: sure. Well, it's still a big number. I'm very yeah. impressed. Uh, very, very well done. Yeah. That's great. So so where did it come from, uh, Alberto? You know, where, where, how did you sort of get into graphs and, and and how did you get into GrapheneDB? How you tell us that story maybe?
1: Yeah, so um, I've been telling everyone the wrong story. And the, the wrong story, uh, let me explain why. I've been telling everyone that, you know, in 2010 we were working on a client's project, you know, um, and uh, we thought of using Neo4j. And uh, we we didn't end up using Neo4j, but for us it was um, when we discovered uh, that there wasn't uh, any hosting service out there for, for, for Neo4j or any yeah. other graph database. <laughs> so we, we wanted to use it. Um, but, uh, we were relying heavily on Heroku and other cloud hosting services, and there was no option out there. And, and for other, um, relational and, and NoSQL databases, there, there were options out there, you know, for Redis and for, for MongoDB and so on. So that's, this is where the idea uh, came from. But, um, I just, and this is true, uh, and this is still true. This is how, how the idea came together. But, I remembered, um, I think a few weeks back, I remembered why we were like, my question was, why were we looking at Neo4j in the first place? How did we get to know Neo4j? And now I, rem- I remembered. By oh, the um,
0: no
1: way, okay. Yeah. I, I, so we attended a uh, um, RailsConf uh, conference in Baltimore in the US in 2010. Okay. And there was a presentation by a guy called. Um, Matthew Deiters, and he, he made a presentation about um, putting user recommendations in your apps. So he, okay. he actually spoke about you know, the patterns, and he introduced Neo4j, Neo4j uh, for Rails using Neo4j RB by Andreas Ronge, and this is how, actually, I met Neo4j and Graph databases in the first place.
0: Oh no way! Okay, but I had
1: long, you know, it was it was hidden in some dark corner in, in my head. You know?
0: <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> so so, and then you know, how did how did that evolve into you know, I want to build a product around this, or I want to build a service around this? You know, how how long did it take you for the for that to materialize?
1: So for two years between 2010 2012 it was a mix of uh, we went up and down like hey hey there's no service for it uh, let's build it and then you know are we crazy why <laughs> why isn't there a service for this uh, out there yet uh, of course uh, we knew especially back at that time um, graph databases uh, didn't have such a big spike in popularity as they have right now. Uh, but still, we we didn't, we didn't know, you know, if there was any if there were any uh, special reasons for not being a service service out there and so on and and uh, but eventually, 2012, we started working on it. And early on, we were just focused on the technical aspects, you know, uh, how we would do the hosting, how would yeah. everything work out, and then we focused on bringing out uh, beta and we didn't do even much validation around the idea yes we have we had a we had a um, uh, website where people could sign up you know for early access and so on but we didn't do any kind of uh any special experiments to test you know how how easy it would be to monetize such a service or to run you know uh, efficiently uh but it turned out well and you know things were progressing and when we started um inviting people the feedback was positive. A lot of people find it very found it very uh, helpful, and they would, you know, send feedback uh, back saying like, "Hey, this is a great service. We really love it. Uh, it's really useful to us." So that um, made us, you know, kept us working on it until cool. it eventually became a business.
0: So, so, so what's the what's the the main attraction point you think to to Neo4j as a as a as a database category or as a database type? Uh, and then specifically, you know, to using it in a, in a cloud environment. What, what's the main attraction, you think?
1: I think it's the flexibility. So for one, uh, I, I'm seeing a lot of people use it for for its flexibility in terms of modeling data and connecting data and then being able to query it all together. Uh, because some uh, some of the other models are very restrictive in the yes. way that you need to model your data. So if you are You're looking at relational databases. They could be they could be called as well, you know, tabular databases because everything you know needs to be mapped onto tables.
0: They're very anti-relational, actually. Yes.
1: (laughs) So they they're very 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 strict and very rigid. And uh, with other you know databases like let's say uh, document databases are very flexible in terms of schema of, of what you can store within a document. But again they're not very good in terms of how you connect data. So I, th- I think uh, Neo4j and graph databases in general are a great um, middle ground and they, and they excel at connecting, you know, at actually where all others are actually failing, which is, you know, leveraging the connections in your data.
0: You know, it's actually uh, really yeah. really funny that you mentioned that because I mean when you think about it, it's so logical that you combine that with the flexibility of the cloud model, right so you have the flexible database, flexible data model, and then you have the flexible deployment model it, it it's kind of logical
1: <laughs> yes um so yes so why 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 cloud um, so there's I, I guess this depends on the kind of uh the segment of user we're we're talking about. For for some it's just you know convenient. Um, if you if you want to um, like I myself when I need to when I'm when I'm trying to you know answer an, a question on Stack Overflow for example I need to do some queries or insert some data I don't set up you know I don't set up a local Neo4j instance on my computer for that or I don't work on any of the instances I have. I just you know I just go to GrapheneDB, I spin up a new sandbox. Yeah. It takes uh you know a second, and then I have a database that I can use for testing so for for those kind of users, it's just convenience and easy to use and the way that you can have multiple databases and um uh, you know um swap them and makes go, sense. yeah go to one on the other mm-hmm. now for others it's it's more like the fact that some companies. Some companies want to stay competitive uh, in the way that you know they they think that outsourcing their operations to the cloud is uh is uh cheaper it's, yeah it's yeah it's a <laughs> scenario where they can save money and they can be more efficient and aWs you know at, at their scale is always going to be probably more cost efficient than any data center that you can run sure internally thing, yeah. uh, and um, and and then there's another group, um, sometimes combined, which is we don't, you know, the people that think we don't want to be dealing with hosting, you know? I don't, I want to be using Neo4j. I don't want to be learning how to operate Neo4j. Mm-hmm. And those are, let's say, our our best customers are those who value their time and they want to focus on, you know, delivering value to their clients and looking how they can Im- integrate Neo4j with their product. And they don't want to be, you know, rolling upgrade, rolling security updates to the servers, or you know, performing version upgrades of Neo4j and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, cool, hey, uh, Alberto. I am. I we're conscious of the time a little bit here because I know my listeners and you know they they like to like short and snappy podcasts. So I'm going to ask you one more question. You know, wh- wh- where is it going? You know, what does does the future hold? You know, both for the industry and and for GrapheneDB. You know, any any perspectives? so uh,
1: let's start in the reverse order uh, so for GrapheneDB, is um we we're we've uh, we are now uh new technology enterprise partner since last year uh we are doing a number of uh deployments uh with j enterprise for our um for our That's customers really cool, by the way <laughs> which means uh we have um you know we can cater the hobbyists who needs to have, you know, a free database to play around with to very serious deployments on the, on the, uh, on the cloud. And this is where the service is heading, you know, that to make sure that we can cater those customers and they have all the features that they need. This is for GrapheneDB uh, where it's heading right now. And in terms of the market, um, I think uh, OpenCypher is really promising whenever, I, my Cypher, I'm a huge um, Cypher fan, and everyone... Who isn't?
0: <laughs> Who isn't, yeah.
1: <laughs> and if, you know, when I run training, um, everyone gets super excited about Cypher, like, from day one. Like, after two hours, they're, they're so powerful, super yeah. excited about um, Cypher. So I think Open Cipher is great um, at catalyzing this potential, and it's... It excels really at you know making it visible to to the user. So if you are looking at Neo4j, you can see really quickly how you can extract value from it, rather than having to let's say spend two weeks learning how to how to query graph. Now, and and besides the uh, query language, I think you know the cloud is getting uh, it's getting um, huge. I I, I am. Excited to see, you know, what, what kind of uh, improvements uh, can be added to Neo4j specifically for cloud in terms of scaling, um, you know, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot there, and um, and, in, and then again, the adoption, I think everyone, I'm increasingly talking to a number of people who just uh, got to know Neo4j recently, and uh, they are so excited and they can see the they can see the potential, we know what what connected data they can exploit within their app or within a database. And uh, I expect a number of a growing number of companies to do that and to jump on the new for J Boat.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't give you more. I mean I, uh, I think you've been a very, very valuable contributor to uh, this entire ecosystem. and I really um, I have tons of respect uh, for that. So, uh, thank you for, for doing all the hard work and I think it's uh, it's great to have you uh, as part of the, of the ecosystem. Hey, Alberto, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, thank you so much for coming online. I hope uh, it wasn't too late for you and uh, I really appreciated talking to you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a
1: lot, Rick, uh, and thanks uh, to NeoTechnology for putting uh, such a great technology together and uh, it's a pleasure to work with you.
0: Same here. All right, talk to you soon, man. Bye.
1: Yeah, talk to you. Bye.